0: Two back-to-basics New Testament readings and a bit of a back-to-basics talk this morning. This is the penultimate Sunday of the church year. It's the end of ordinary time, or no ordinary time as we've called it at St. Luke's. The old year is passing, the new one about to start. A new phase of church life, a change of seasons. There are so many changes happening Bringing so much uncertainty and anxiety. The general election, Brexit, our relationship with the rest of the United Kingdom, and indeed the rest of the world. But we all face change all the time in our personal lives and in our church family. On one hand, we're looking forward to John Mackenzie becoming our vicar in January and bringing all the changes that he's bound to bring, even though we might not you know be thoroughly certain about them and today we're sad to be saying goodbye to our lovely sister Helen who's leaving us for a new life in Hampshire we'll miss you Helen there is however a big difference between the changes we choose to make and those that are forced on us for many of us change is a fearful thing we like stability and certainty and we worry about what change will bring what we will lose, but there are ways we can choose to change, to take back control, as our politicians like to say. Over the past 22 weeks, we've heard many different voices talking about the changes brought about by the climate crisis and sharing their reflections on it. Martin gave us a hazelnut, which I still carry in my pocket and spoke of the wisdom of Hildegard of Bingen and Julian of Norwich. We've heard about St Francis of Assisi and St Greta Thunberg. Jane spoke of her heartbreak at her realisation of what we've done to our world and the possibility of restorative justice for our planet. Luke spoke about our food choices and how they impact the planet. Bob the botanist urged us to seek first the kingdom of God. Kieran brought us back to the wisdom of the Bible and those ancient saints, Hildegard and Julian. All shall be well and all manner of things shall be well. Next week, which is actually our very final week of No Ordinary Time, Malcolm Doney is speaking. He's going to talk about animals in our lives and he invites you all to bring your pets, a la Vicar of Dibley, for an animal blessing. <clears throat> One theme that has emerged over this season of No Ordinary Time is how small and helpless most of us feel in the face of the challenges facing our world. Week after week, our speakers have talked about feeling overwhelmed, sad, powerless. And what a week we've just had. Venice is flooded. South Yorkshire is flooded. California's on fire. Great areas of southeastern Australia are on fire. Once in a lifetime, natural disasters are happening every year. It is very easy to feel powerless in the face of such enormous global catastrophe. I can imagine that the residents of Venice, Fish Lake, New South Wales and the Napa Valley do indeed feel powerless as their homes are destroyed and their lives changed by fire or flood. Living where we do, in our protected community here at St Luke's, West Holloway, threatened by neither fire nor flood. None of our homes or livelihoods usually threatened by natural disasters. It's easy to feel distance from these other communities. Natural disasters, climate chaos. It's very easy to either be distant and complacent, or alternatively to feel stunned into inaction and do nothing, feeling powerless. What can I alone do to change the course of global heating, climate disasters? But Kieran reminded me last week of the proverb, rather light a single candle than curse the darkness. And we do have power, and we are not alone. We all have tremendous power as consumers, Our money is our power, regardless of how little or how much we have. How we spend our money reflects how we choose to use our power. And there are some things that every single one of us can do. Simple rules for living that our grandparents and great-grandparents would have recognized as just and sensible ways to be and to live, as custodians of God's good earth, and to bring about the kingdom of God, which is justice and peace. First rule, stop being wasteful. Never take or buy more of anything than you actually need. Greed is not good. It's one of the seven deadly sins, perhaps an old-fashioned concept, but one worth revisiting. Don't waste anything, food, resources, money, electricity, anything. In the most simple possible terms, this means only buying the food that you'll actually eat and not wasting any of it. It means that we stop buying lots of stuff, latest fashions or new products, just because they're there and we can buy them. Take from the earth only what we need. Every year, more than half the food that's produced by farmers in the UK is wasted. It's just thrown away. It might not look nice enough for supermarkets, or it goes past its best before date, or more commonly, We just buy too much of it and throw away what we don't eat. We can sign up to schemes like Oddbox, which several people in in our church congregation um, support, which sells misshapen or surplus fruit and vegetables and stops it going to landfill. And we can commit to buying only what we need, to mend what we can and only replace things that are broken. Try setting yourself the challenge of not wasting any food at all next week, next month, next year. You can play that game in your household of seeing just how little rubbish and recycling you can generate in a week. The less we waste, the better our beautiful planet will be able to sustain all its beautiful people. We don't need to exploit natural resources as we have done. We can simply choose to change and to live more lightly on our planet. And the second rule, never knowingly cause harm, whether that's to other people or to our planet. As our first reading reminded us, we are commanded to love our neighbour as ourselves. And the story that Jesus told to illustrate this is the story of the good Samaritan who went out of his way giving time and money to help a complete stranger. He chose to be inconvenienced To help a complete stranger? Who is my neighbour? Surely all the peoples of the world. How much inconvenience will I accept to help my neighbours around the world? It might be inconvenient for us, quite actually it will be inconvenient for us, but quite honestly our convenience has been prioritised for so long above everything else that it's time to rethink What does it really look like when we put into action the command to love our neighbour as ourselves? We all know that air travel is appallingly damaging to the planet, its climate and its people. Some people have no choice about flying, but most of us do. Will we accept the inconvenience of giving up flights? Or will we just shrug and say, one more won't make any difference? We can choose to stop flying for leisure. Will you do this for your neighbour? We can also choose to avoid food that's been flown across the globe. Last week, I was staggered that there were apples from South Africa in the shops, at the height of the UK apple season. Buy locally and seasonally. Don't fly food around the world that we can grow here. Buy organic if you possibly can afford it. Not because it's better for you, but because it's better for the planet. Under this rule, I'd also include the notion that we shouldn't knowingly enable other people or organisations to do harm. If you've seen David Attenborough's latest series, you'll have seen the appalling devastation caused by forest clearance to make way for palm oil plantations. What David Attenborough didn't mention was the types of food that contain palm oil. Cakes, biscuits, breakfast cereals, cereal bars, sweets, chocolate, ice cream, crisps, other snack foods. Do you notice anything about these foods? None of them are actually essential foodstuffs. They're all nice to have, but nobody will go hungry without them. And yet... And yet, vast areas of rainforest are being cleared to produce palm oil. The environmental devastation is massive. And of course, the rainforests have a role in stabilising the global climate. Destroying them just makes fire and floods on the other side of the world so much more likely. And all this just so we can thoughtlessly, needlessly, mindlessly buy food that's not actually nourishing but fueling the obesity crisis. And we could so very simply stop by just refusing to buy products that contain palm oil. It's inconvenient, but we could do it for our neighbor. We have the power individually and collectively. We could also accept the inconvenience of stopping using suppliers that do harm by failing to pay appropriate levels of taxation or pay. All those delivery agencies that fuel the gig economy, bringing our online purchases to save us a little bit of money or the effort of visiting a real shop. So many of us simply look for the cheapest option, find an online supplier which sells it maybe for £2 cheaper than our local shop. We click and pay, get it delivered by somebody who gets paid a pittance per delivery. So little that they need to rely on food banks. And we spend the £2 we've saved on canned food for the local food bank. Why don't we just buy locally from a shop that properly employs people, paid a living wage? There is so much we can do by changing our habits, by choosing to change, choosing to be just a little bit inconvenienced, taking small everyday actions. It is, of course, in the interests of the big business that do harm to make us feel overwhelmed and powerless and to stop us from taking any action at all. They're very happy for us to tell ourselves the lie that we and our actions are insignificant. And, to be honest, the sheer number of things we can do is daunting. But remember, rather light a single candle than curse the darkness, Any action, no matter how small, is better than no action. And we are not alone. All over the country, all over the world, groups of people like us are having the same conversations that we are. How can we live better lives, tread more lightly on the earth, minimise the harm that we do the planet? How can we bring about the kingdom of God? It will require courage shaking ourselves out of our complacency, rejecting the lie that we're powerless. Each new church year begins with Advent Sunday, when we start again to anticipate the coming of Christ at Christmas, the light of the world coming in these dark times. We're not alone. We're all part of the worldwide family of God As our second reading said, don't fret or worry, don't be anxious about anything. Instead, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the centre of your life. All of our rules, all of our ways of living, all of our ambition and anxiety for our beautiful planet and our beautiful each other are ultimately found within the divine. We work at it, we pray at it, we live it and we love it. We do everything we can to follow the rules of a good life which looks out for each other and our planet and we rest secure and safe in the certain knowledge that in the end God looks out for us too. The God of peace be with you. Amen.